This is the Lead Well Podcast. Welcome to the Lead Well Podcast, where we're talking all things leadership, talent, and culture. I'm your host, Chris Hodnett. We've got Missy Darden helping produce this episode, and this is episode seven. Our special guest today is operator Evan Williamson of Terre Haute FSR in Terre Haute, Indiana. Evan, how's it going? Hey, I'm great, especially you got the Terre Haute pronunciation correct, so you get some bonus points. That's that's awesome. Happy to be here. I appreciate you being on the show with us today. I'd love to kick it off just hearing uh, your background. How'd you become a Chick-fil-A operator? Yeah, so I'm originally from Noblesville, Indiana, which is about half an hour north of Indianapolis here and about an hour and a half from, from Terre Haute, where we're currently at. Uh, born and raised there, lived in Murfreesboro, Tennessee for a little while and came back for uh, high school in Noblesville. And that's where I joined up with Chick-fil-A. I had an older brother that worked actually at the Chick-fil-A in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And then when we moved back, I started working for an operator named Bill Riggs at Chick-fil-A in Noblesville on State Road 37 and spent seven years under his leadership and his organization back in uh, the mid 2000s and just loved the culture, the the teamwork, the environment, the high performing culture that we had there. And it was just a lot of fun. It was my first real experience in um, the workforce as I was starting when I was 16 and going through high school and college and loved every day of it. Then went down to Indiana University in Bloomington and uh, got my degree in telecommunications and business down there. Learned a whole lot and was ready to launch a career in the corporate world and moved out to Denver, Colorado for a while with my wife, Lauren. And we wanted to spend a few years out there um, just really solidifying our marriage and getting started and wanted to eventually move back to Indiana and start a family. And so when we were ready to do that, after a few years working in the corporate training and communications world, I started really just missing the experience of being with Chick-fil-A and um, the positive environment where we're investing in leaders every day, where um Everybody loves the brand that you're associated with. I mean, just such a positive experience being associated with Chick-fil-A and the power and impact and all that we get to do in the stores every day. It was something I missed in my day-to-day desk job. So after a few years of uh, working in that desk job and in the corporate world, my wife kind of looked at me like I was crazy. I said, I think I want to go back and work fast food again and um, found out about the leadership development program that Chick-fil-A has and was blessed to get into that program and spent two years as mostly an interim manager. And thankfully that uh, hard work and time paid off and sacrifice and paid off in uh, getting a store out here in, in Terre Haute and moving back home and being close to our family and starting a family. Now we've got a 19 month old daughter named Avery. So um, things have just come together really well in the last few years and we're just blessed beyond measure. Grew up in Indiana, went to school in Indiana, have a Chick-fil-A in Indiana by <laughs> chance is your favorite sports movie Hoosiers. Oh, absolutely. It's that's just such a classic. Anytime that's on, uh, you have to stop and watch it. It's one of those, uh, top five movies of any genre. We were at the state fair last week and it was just playing on the concourse as you walk through the state fair. So it has to be your favorite if you're from here. No doubt. And I think about the movie and the concept of building a team and that, uh, translates really well to the restaurant. I would be remiss if I didn't ask, how the talent situation is in your restaurant right now, given the labor shortage that we're seeing across the country. We're, I would say we're, we're surviving. I wouldn't say we're thriving, but we're in a decent spot, which all things considered right now, uh, we're in back to school time. School's just gone back in session. We're in a college town with Indiana State University and a couple other schools. So a lot of turnover usually this time of year, but we all year have kind of planned and ramped up for trying to be reasonably staffed right now. And thankfully, 
we're doing okay. I know there's there's people who are in a lot uh, harder situations in talent markets, and so we're just really thankful for the retention that we've been able to to build into our culture to where we haven't had to replace too many too many people leaving us, which has been great. And then we've just been blessed with uh, a couple great applicants and, and people joining the team at the right time. So we're we're getting there. We'd still love to have a few more bodies, but you know I don't know that anybody's ever going to sit around and feel like they're really fully staffed. Thanks for that. You mentioned uh, early in that statement that um, you started planning for this earlier in the year, uh, and that's why we wanted to talk with you today. We've heard that planning is a big part of your strategy and how you operate the business, so I'd love to know why is planning so important to you? For me, planning is not something I would even you know list in my top five to ten strengths as uh, just my natural gifts, but it's something I've realized over time is an incredibly important guardrail to what we're doing and how we're stewarding the business. And um, I kind of have some internal um, drives toward uh, comfort, and sometimes that can be complacency. And so planning really helps push you out of that comfort zone and complacency and get you going in the direction that, that you need to go. So it's kind of been a developed skill over time, and the fruits of that have really have paid off and shown themselves that it's important. So for me, I'd love to say that I wake up thinking about uh, and dreaming about the future all day long and planning for it. But for me, it's kind of taken my medicine, but over years and just getting older and um, learning from my experiences, you just realize that it's something you, you got to do and you got to make time for. And it's my understanding you involve your leadership team in planning. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. I think if you sit around and, and make your own goals for the business, which is, is good to know where you want your business to go. But we, at the end of the day, you have to get so much buy-in from from your leaders. And as our organizations continue to grow, um, it's harder and harder to, to cast your vision across multiple tiers and levels of leadership. So the best way to get things done is to really involve them, those leaders, especially your senior level directors, executive directors in the planning process. And I think there's very few goals that we have in the business that were created solely by me, other than maybe kind of the overall annual sales and profitability goals. Everything else, top to bottom, really comes from either our, our directors or our shift leaders in that kind of co-planning and creation process. And how do you equip them for this? As the, so as the key visionary for the restaurant, and you've delegated some responsibility of planning, and there's this expectation that they're – they're prepared to contribute. What does that look like? How do those conversations go as you're talking to your leaders about their contribution to the planning element? I think you have to leave space for it in their schedules, which is something that, especially growing up kind of in the restaurant, I've got this drive towards, you know, being in, in, in position and 100% productive, adding direct value to guests at all times, but you really have to to get okay with having some off the floor time um, to sit to set aside and plan and to not be on fries or bagging or or running shifts. And so that's that's the first step is just making the time for it and making a space where we've got an offsite office dedicated uh, where I'm sitting now and it's just it's a nice quiet place to get away. So you have to make the time in the space and then to really empower those leaders is the next step and say, okay, when you take that time, uh, here's what you're expected to be working on. We'd love for you to set you know, your annual goals, maybe quarterly goals, monthly goals, but even little weekly goals of here's what you're committed to doing this week and want to accomplish. And then reflecting on those at the end of the week and saying, you know, did you do what you set out to do? And just the weekly cadence of how are you doing on those things, those weekly check-ins and accountability is um, that final step of the process. You mentioned uh, before the interview that 
you currently have one to two planning days scheduled uh, for your team. I'd love to hear uh, what do those days look like if you already have an idea of that, and then what do you hope comes out of those days? It kind of it varies year to year, and certainly, you know, this last year has been pretty unprecedented, or like going on two years now almost has been pretty unprecedented time. So it depends on what we're going through in the business. If it's a, a planning session with leaders, I love huddling around our conference table in, in our offsite office and getting up on the whiteboard and throwing some ideas up there and just seeing where everybody's at individually. Um, we like to kind of combine personal goals and professional goals. I think it's so important to have both. And if you're only talking about the professional, then um, you're kind of missing half the boat. Um, so we sit around and talk about, you know, how life's going outside of the business and then bring that inside to the restaurant too. And we just want to be our best version of ourselves inside and out. Um, but we see each of our directors on the team as true owners of their business and try and think, you know, if I was truly open, owning a business that was called, you know, Chick-fil-A Terre Haute front of house operations. Um, I need to have a, a full business plan, a full vision for my area of the business. So we check in with those leaders and say, okay, you've got your vision for your area of the business. How's that going? How's your team doing? What, uh, what gaps do you see? And then going forward in the next year, as we try and hit some of our store goals and store vision, what can we help you with to accomplish these next goals and take this to the next level as we're currently an $8 million store hoping in the next year to, you know, go to nine, $10 million to change in the business and just start and work backwards from there. Um, but we leave some time and space some whiteboard space to just get creative and um, to say, throw out a few crazy ideas and uh, a few big ideas and, and then start chasing them together. I am curious um, as you empower your leaders to get involved in planning and then they have this level of responsibility and how they show up, how does that trickle down even to your team members? How do you get how do how do you or your leaders get the team members on board with a planned vision or planned goals? One of the hard things is just the communication aspect of that. And so um, we use the group communication platform called Slack. That's really big for us in communicating our vision and goals. But um, everybody's busy. Reading digital communications is, is hard sometimes. So one of the investments we make with our team is quarterly all-team meetings in the restaurant on a Sunday. Um, we come in and have a little bit of fun, and, and but we don't spend too much time with uh, icebreakers and, and team building events. It's really about getting in and just talking about where we're at as a restaurant, where we're at as a team, and where we can come together. Um, we try and do that also on a daily basis with huddles inside the restaurant, both in our front of house and in our back of house at lunch and at dinner time. They break away for five minutes or so and just talk about what the goals for that shift are. But the day-to-day -day operations just leave so little time for meeting with your team member levels that you have to set aside that time on a Sunday to come in every couple months and just talk about what's going on in the business, where we want to go, how we're doing. Um, you have to, It's an investment. It's a huge investment to have 100-plus people on the clock on a Sunday to come in and talk about it. But if you don't take that time then, it doesn't happen elsewhere. And getting that alignment is so important for going out and then accomplishing those tasks. I want to bring in Missy here. I think Missy's got a question or two for you. Yes. Thanks, Chris. Um, and thanks, Evan, for answering this question. So I guess I want to hear from you. Um, what has been the biggest impact since implementing this planning process on you, on your business, and on your team, whatever you want to speak to? Mm. I think it's the ability to look back after you've either hit a goal or missed a goal and and just to talk about the experiences that you had along the way what you learned and to set kind of those end dates we use a lot of kind of annual goals and, and celebrate them at the end um 
I talked about things that I'm naturally inclined to do, not naturally inclined to do. I am a terrible reflector. I am either living in the present or the future at all times and I have to really force myself to go back and, and sit down and look at what we did well and what we what we could have done better. And so that's what setting these annual goals is been so helpful in sitting down with our team, our either our key leaders or at the end of the year in our all team party and really reflecting on what went well, what did we miss, and then what can we learn from those opportunities. And we've really found that in missing some goals, we've learned more than we have in hitting a lot of them, uh, where certain things like sales and profitability over the last year have kind of come more easily than they have in years past. But there's other goals that, that we've missed out on. And there's a reason that we missed them. And a lot of times it's just because there was a blind spot in our planning process, something we didn't account for. And those things that you find that you didn't account for are just great business learning experiences for me and for our leaders. Um, so some of the biggest wins, biggest wins are just how we learn more and more about the business by really by when we miss our goals, but and when we accomplish them as well. But you gotta you gotta take that time to reflect on how things went, set an end goal so you can either come in and celebrate or come in and, and get better. But having that end goal to to rally around, how did things go, debrief it and then take that to learn for the future and then set your next goals. One other just context question, when exactly did you start this formalized planning process in your business? It would have been uh, about two years ago after uh, the regional planning meetings and sitting, listening to, to Michael Hyatt was one of the presenters and he um, gave us his yearly calendar and just talked about the importance of finding time uh, quarterly to, to set aside planning days and then um, I think it was maybe at next in the same year where Tim Disopolis talked about his library days that he takes every month where he goes to the public library and is kind of completely um, off the grid so that he can really focus on planning ahead. So just taking that feedback from just two leaders that I highly admire and respect for the things that they've accomplished and the level of productivity that they have. Um, if they're saying that it's important, I realize I need to take that to heart too and and put that time on my calendar to, to step away and uh, and to think through the business from a you know fifty thousand foot view. I got one more question for you, Evan. Uh, when we think about when we think about the journey you've been on, uh, and I'm sure you're st- you would still say that you're still learning in this process. Uh, there's a lot of operators who are listening right now and thinking about okay, maybe I should really get started formalizing planning. Or ha- maybe it's maybe the question they're asking themselves is how can I pull my leaders into this process a little more. If you had one piece of advice for operators on what they could do to get started, what would that be? I just put a date on your calendar and do it months in advance so that way you aren't tempted to schedule over it or it, things don't shift and really um, hold that as gold. Once it's on your calendar, don't let it move. Don't let it budge. And if you're planning, especially once you get into bringing your leaders into it, then it takes a little bit of preparation in advance because in this uh, kind of labor client, it, it can or labor climate, it can be hard to find the time to bring senior leaders off the floor. So you might have to get creative with it, but just put it on your calendar, commit to the date. Once you make that commitment, and especially once you tell your leaders, hey, we're doing this on this date, it becomes a lot harder to uh, to break and to, to not do. So just put it on the calendar and it's much more likely to happen. And that'll do it for today's episode. If you're looking to find, develop, and launch top talent, LeadWell is your go-to resource for articles, videos, and podcasts, and all other Chick-fil-A operator and third-party expert curated content. If you've got questions, we'll answer them on the podcast. Send them to leadwell at chickfilacom For Missy and Evan, I'm Chris Hodnett, and we will talk with you next time. 
LeadWell shares leadership, talent, and culture resources, ideas, and tools from franchised operators and third-party experts to inspire franchised operators and their teams to find, develop, and launch top talent. As independent franchisees, Chick-fil-A operators solely determine the employment, leadership, and management practices in their businesses.